We Talk Survivor, how it transpired. My name is Joel. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you've been listening. Because tonight is the merge of Winners at War. And joining me, it's that time of week to play with our Willie. Will, how are you? I'm good. The way you said, the way you introduced <laughs> that made it sound really scary. <laughs> You're like, the merge. <laughs> it's like a Scoop. Coming Scoo- back to haunt them. <laughs> Scooby Doo episode. Do you reckon Scooby Doo was ever scary? Mm, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> if it wasn't for those meddling kids. Maybe um. maybe the, the live action version was a little bit scary, but <laughs> not the cartoon. Was it just because of the actors that they chose? No, it was the CGI in that movie. <laughs> the CGI. Waterfall. Uh well let's uh let's uh not worry about Scooby Doo because we're here to talk about Survivor. We're also joined once again by Daniel. Daniel, how are you? Good. Thanks, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're not I'm doing well. You're not scared of Scooby Doo, are you? Uh no. Not scared. Not like not not currently. <laughs> but that, was there a moment where you were? I I wouldn't say scared, but no. I was definitely unsettled by the Scooby-Doo movie that had, like, a freakish, freakazoid uh, Scrappy-Doo in it. <laughs> <laughs> is this the live-action one, or is this a cartoon? Yeah, right. yeah, the live-action I don't think I've ever He's- actually watched them. Like, my kids have watched them, and I've been in the same room, but I've never not paid attention. Yeah, Scrappy's... I mean, that's a spoiler, that Scrappy's the villain of that movie. What? Spoiler alert. But uh, he's, he's, he's scary. What? Isn't Scrappy supposed to be to the like the nephew or something like that? Something like that. But uh, yeah. everyone hated him. And I feel like the movie was kind of a response to that where he's like, you all got rid of me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> then he's like a half monster. It's yeah. gross. Uh, Will, what did you have to say about the Gold Coast? Like, have you ever been to Movie World on the Gold Coast? Uh, isn't that one big giant death trap or am I thinking of somewhere else? They have... A Scooby-Doo roller coaster there that is so legit. You have no idea. I rode it like twenty times. I yeah. got off and got back in the line. It was so good. <laughs> oh really? It is so good. There's like swinging axes and everything. You're like, oh my god, I'm gonna die, and then you like dip under it. <laughs> I don't go on too many roller coasters. Oh, you're missing. Out. Oh my god, that is that <laughs> is horrifying, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel has shared a photo of Scrappy Doo. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, I told you it's unsettling. Jeez Louise. And that's the episode. Bye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do have a merge episode to, to watch and talk about. Shall we get straight into it? Let's do it. I'm keen. You're keen? Keen like a jelly bean? Keen like a bean on Halloween. <laughs> that has seen. I can't think of anything. Damn it. <laughs> oh man, it, it was right there. Seen a bean. They could have done that. <laughs> fits. It fits so well. But no. <laughs> All right, I'm not even. Gonna Unless you were avoiding it on purpose, else. and I've like blown up your spot. No, I can't think of anything. I was drawing a blank. Oh man, <laughs> I'm not built for podcasts. All right, <laughs> so. <laughs> 
<laughs> let's uh let's watch this episode shall we so we uh had yule depart as the final pre-merge boot <clears throat> and we're going to witness uh, someone coming back from edge of extinction but uh let's not dwell on that and ponder <laughs> what is going to happen but let's watch what's going to happen and then ponder as we watch sound good deal good all right i'm glad we're all in agreement on three, two, one. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. It is at war. Oh, have you guys remembered? This is season forty. What? Oh, I shit. always forget. And then there's a big flag at the start that reminds you which season it is. <laughs> what are they going to do Just when they get to fifty? Runners. Winners chilling. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to have the last. 10 seasons of winners and like the 10 they didn't cast well, <laughs> more than that but you know the 10 viable ones i probably shouldn't drink live on air I, uh, au contraire i believe you should we hear my slurping <laughs> yeah on them i'm on there like to make this an asmr to make the mouth noises do you reckon they should have got an edge of extinction buff no. Specific to Edge of Extinction? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, here's, here's the uh, montage as they all prepare to throw I know, down. I love this, like, this, like, rocky montage of everyone. Like, who's going to get back in the game? Ugh. Are they using the Winners at War song? Or is it just some uh, random, someone. random mood I music? think it's just, like, yeah, random twangy guitar. Okay. Now, what do you think of this challenge? I mean, it all comes down to the snake at the end, I guess. But is this the one where they have to tie twigs together, or is it, I'm thinking a different? Challenge? Yeah, they got to they got to tie twigs together as well in this one. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, the snake kind of not maze but like skill challenge. Mm. It's got a good flow to it for suspense. Yeah. What's he wearing on his head? What's who wearing? Wendell. He had like a rogue... Like a bandana? Yeah, rogue bandana sort of thing. It wasn't a tribe tribe buff. It was like yeah, some sort uh, of tartan, tartan material. I think he's always had it. It's part of his, his aesthetic. Okay. It's part of his character design. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The producers were like, you know what Wendell really needs is, is a second bandana-like mm. object. You know what they actually need to do? They need to make Survivor action figures. And like, I swear they, I swear that's a thing. It, no, I don't think so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. I would surely have known, because I'm... See, he's got that, uh, it's like tartan or something, isn't it? Will? Yeah. Can you tell us what pattern that is on Wendell's head? Um, is that tartan? No, that's not tartan. That's <laughs> like I don't know. But yeah, Survivor action figures. I'd buy them. And not There's just... a Jeff Probst bobblehead. <laughs> you know that doesn't count. Bobbleheads aren't action figures. <laughs> Isn't there one of them? Who is it? Is it Todd? Todd mm. does like custom bubble heads and stuff does he really 
not the what are they? They're not the bobbleheads. The what are those? Um, those pop Funko yeah, pop ones. Yeah, pop finals. Yeah, he does like he does like custom survival ones. Yeah. Like, I guess they kind of count, but I don't really count them as action figures either. They're kind of they're kind of like trinkets. Mm. Like a little collectible thingies. But there's no action to them. No. They're just figures. No. I feel like that's a something waiting to happen. There's like a stop motion Survivor season made with Survivor <laughs> action figures. I mean, if I was any good at making like custom action figures, I would totally be be making survivor ones yeah maybe i should we can always use your uh maybe your wwe wrestling game uh <laughs> creations and do like machinima okay i could <laughs> same same thing right? Just, it's set in a wrestling ring but like we can work with that yeah okay <laughs> It's interesting how like how weird it worked out that it was all of the old school people that go because mm. uh, I think they, they commented on it a few times where it's like oh man they, they targeted all of the old school people but there were so many extenuating circumstances like you know Denise targeting Sandra rather than anyone else and mm. uh, you know you you all getting eliminated by his own original tribe because of like a weird pregame alliance yeah and. Uh, yeah, like just, you know, Danny just exploding, happening to be the third person out. I mean, I don't doubt that there wasn't some sort of, like, last kind of 10 season kind of thing. Because mm. they know, they all know each other a bit better than they do, like, you know, the older survivors. Yeah. Like, they'd be all going to the same social events. Yeah, you know, it's all, yeah. They'd all know the same people. It's kind of like, you know, like Eliza's little crew that she yeah. has, you know. The wine and cheese mm. alliance. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, like, a lot of the older winners have probably, you know, dropped off the radar and are like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to keep up with these youngins. Now, do they only have to get one ball up the snake? Uh... Oh, that's a good question. It looked like I it was think. only it looked like it was only one when they were going through the uh, explanation of it. Yeah, I mean, like that would make sense, but you know, I don't remember exactly. Um, um, I missed it, but was it who had advantages in this one? Uh, I think Natalie had an advantage, and Boston yeah. Rob had yeah. one. Maybe Tyson, and like anyone who could skip digging, leave. Actually, no, I, th I think there's only, like, two people who didn't. I think it was, like, Poverty and Yule who couldn't, who had to do digging. Okay, so digging, no, skipping the digging is the advantage. Okay. Yeah. That's the first advantage, and everyone's, like, I mean, that's that's a big thing in all of the post-game interviews. They're, like, man, digging is the hardest thing in any Survivor Challenge. If you can ever skip digging, skip digging. Yeah. Yeah, because you need the, the strength to do it. Yeah. But it just takes so much out of you, and it's so hot, and, like... There's the whole, you just never know when it's going to end. Yeah. What's mental training? They got the baby sticks for this one where it's a knot. What do you think of an advantage 
like a, a time advantage. Like you get to start 30 seconds uh, before everyone and you can buy multiples. So you can start like, you know, a minute or two minutes ahead, depending on how much you've bought. I mean, it you know, it entirely depends on the puzzle, right? Or like mm. the final challenge. Yeah. If you think that it's going to come down to that amount of seconds, then sure. Yeah, I just didn't really like the way they set up Edge of Extinction because, you know, Yule's got really no chance of getting an advantage, does he? Yeah, like, in this challenge at least. Um, yeah, like, there was, you know, but he had, like, like uh, Will brought up the other week, he yeah. has the advantage of having been in the main game and having access to more food and yeah. all that stuff. But, you know, these guys get challenge advantage, they can buy an idol to take with them. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all sorts of stuff, but, you know, Yule, mm. I feel, again, because he was in the game all that time, has a better footing coming back in, especially mm. considering how he left. Like, he wouldn't be, you know, targeted for being the edge attorney as much as a Tyson is, or as yeah. much as an Adelie would be. You know what actually would be kind of kind of cool is to how many how many are competing like eight uh yeah eight eight or seven oh, no seven cassandra left yeah okay so um the most recent person voted out like make the i guess they've got to invest more in the challenge right and have it in way more stages but you know have like handicaps for like if you're voted out first you've got the biggest handicap so maybe it's what like, do you mean handicap well maybe you know so natalie's voted out first so she has to wait until everyone else has started maybe they start them in 20 second blocks i don't know i'm just trying i'm just spitballing yeah i mean like there's so many factors because the mm. handicap is the being on the edge for longer, having less access to food, you know, asterisk barring peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like it, the idea of, you know, someone's voted out first. They've got way more chance to get advantages than yeah. the most recent person voted out. I get that. But, uh, I think, you know, I mean, I, especially for this mud challenge, it's more of an issue. Mm. But I do think it's, you know, evidently, considering that Tyson of all people wins, it's not insurmountable an advantage. Um, and I do think that they had enough in mm. terms of challenges to... Uh, yeah, but Tyson had the advantage of not having to dig as well, didn't he? Well, yeah, but he was only voted out, like, not too long ago. And, like, Boss and Rob had that advantage as well. Mm. And, I, uh, like, the only people that didn't yeah. were Poverty, Yule, and yeah. Amber, who gave her tokens to Rob. Yeah, but they also so they had can... the opportunity to find tokens to buy the advantages, whereas... Yeah. We haven't I mean, Poverty seen... did as well. Yeah, like, but Tyson we haven't... and Boss and Rob got their tokens yeah, yeah, from yeah. a challenge that Poverty was at. Yeah, fair enough. But a guy like Yule doesn't have that opportunity. Look, that we've seen. He may have had an opportunity to earn a token. Who knows? I doubt it, but... Mm. <laughs> hey, oh, this is oh my god! Did they really have to play this song halfway through it? Well, because I don't think, think we're ready up. yet. <laughs> this is it. 
I wonder how close this actually was. Oh, Jeff would have just like lost his mind if Rob got back in. <laughs> I have to feel like I, I remember reading that it wasn't Boston Robin second, and it was just edited to look that way. But really? that might just be a bias. Oh. That's a big scream. Do you reckon they actually, that was actually vision of their balls being raised, or was that like stock footage from like, you know, the dream team doing the challenge? It was probably a mixture of both. Like, it was probably Tyson's actual ball, and then stock footage of Boston Robs <laughs> to make it look like he was there. <laughs> stock footage. <laughs> what are they called? The dream teamers or whatever. Yeah. The people who yeah. run the... Yeah, the people who test the challenges out. Love you, Jeff. Now they totally should have gone. Well, you guys all suck. The game is over for you. We're starting fresh. <laughs> Just to pull a fast one on them. What do you guys uh, like think of Tyson as the returnee here? Were you excited? Did you think he had a chance? Um, I like Tyson, so I was excited to see him come back. I just I wasn't feeling him this series, so. I thought even though he's coming back, he's probably not winning. Like it didn't really, all the pre-merged really didn't, I just didn't have that feel that he was, had a foothold anywhere. Yeah, I think with like, especially like this group of people, they've probably just lumped Tyson in as like Boston Rob's friend. Mm. So they're like, well, we'll get rid of him as soon as we can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. What about you, Daniel? Yeah, uh, I mean, I was a big fan of Tyson. I did think he had a little bit of uh, longevity because of, you know, like, edit reading stuff. Okay. Uh, he talked a lot about you know, the family visit, so it's like, I think, I thought he was going to make it there. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, like, he didn't really seem to have a hold. Self-admittedly, he, he tried to hold his game back a lot and only really got, you know, turned against when he tried to do something. Mm. And when he gets voted out again, it's largely because of a weird shenanigans with advantages. So it's like, what, what could he have done? Yeah. Now I can't remember, Daniel. Are you an edgic person? I yeah. I mean, as much as anyone can be, I guess. Like I'm yeah. not. I don't religiously follow it. I'm not like I don't do the ratings for every season. Yeah. Do you want to but, just uh, explain it for our listeners, if, in case anyone doesn't know what it is? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so edgic is a portmanteau, a com combination of the words editing and logic, and it is just the practice of looking at the editing of the episode to try to read the intent of like the story that the producers are trying to make and therefore using that information to read who is going to go far who is going to win and what the storylines will be it's it's more about trying to like reverse engineer the story of the season rather than it is necessarily here is the winner here is the spoilers of how it's going to go cool um so yeah like you can look at uh like a, a big edgic thing is you look at uh, personal content and mm -hmm. signs of 
future events that they've mentioned specifically yeah uh, or foreshadowing that they put in so like a big thing of why tyson was considered a higher chance to come back into the game is that when he left initially nick mentioned like oh uh he gave me this token this is maybe a thing for us to move forward yeah. and then tyson also had a lot of content with sarah that never really went anywhere but it's like man tyson and sarah they have this really close friendship and so that was hinting towards this continued content with tyson mm-hmm. um and then like you know you know flipping edgic on its head none of that actual stuff panned <laughs> out so tyson returns but we still don't get any closure to that foreshadowing so yeah. it's <laughs> there you go <laughs> what about you will are you do you like any edgic stuff like i don't really get it you know me, I just read like the straight out spoilers, you know? <laughs> spoilers I love the spoilers. I like I like to be set up for disappointment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't like to come into a season and be disappointed. I like to be like, right, I'm going to be disappointed and this is what happens. Like, <laughs> See, I don't like that's looking my whole mindset. I really don't look like looking at anything. I'm like you know, I'm that filthy casual that people hate, except I, I know a lot about Survivor from watching it and enjoying it but i hate i hate trying to think about things that are are, you know or is that is that telling me that person's gonna win because like i feel i fall into a trap of of thinking people are gonna win and it either ruins my enjoyment or i get too invested and excited for it and then uh, and ultimately get disappointed so i just try and wipe my head and not think anything and then i'll just enjoy characters as they come and go yeah like i i've stopped caring so much about the winner mm-hmm. and just i do what you do where just like i just try to enjoy the yeah. characters interacting the strategy as it unfolds because like there's there's so many levels to how aware a person can be of the edit like yeah. you know there's there's the basic stuff where it's like this person has not been shown all season they've yeah. got like an invisible brett style edit yeah then probably not gonna win because the because you know the editors would not edit their winner as someone completely invisible yeah Granted, and i mean i've done that sometimes like with natalie white yeah uh losing to russell but there is always like there's always the breadcrumbs when the yeah. when the season's over you can always see the breadcrumbs and it's like yeah. okay so like natalie got this stuff that brett did which means that Natalie was, you know, we should have seen that. And Edgic is like an evolving art, where you, or an evolving science, where you yeah. you take lessons from previous seasons and try to apply them moving forward. Yeah, and I like looking at it uh, uh, after the fact. So go back and watch a season and see how it all happened. Kind of like yeah, what we're and- doing with this podcast, I guess. But you know, <laughs> yeah. seeing how that person won the game and how other people didn't win the game knowing the results so i guess you know taking wills you know knowing spoilers but i've already i get the best best of both worlds i guess i get to watch it without spoilers and watch it with spoilers yeah i mean my favorite seasons are like like i'm not too fussed on the outcome of who the winner is like the, the whoever wins wins like that's gonna happen but like you were saying before about the appreciating the characters, like my favorite season is like Gabon, and that's because <laughs> it's just a total cluster yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. And it's just one of those seasons where like there's like a you know 
the seasons I find where there's like like there's just like one alliance and they just like stronghold to the end. It's just boring and it kind of and it, along the way it flushes out all the all the decent characters for bringing stuff. Hmm. So like when you get like a season like that that has like all these different personalities and it's just like shifting from one episode to the next. That's when I really really yeah. enjoy it. All right, well, give me a season that you thought was boring and I can and I'll I'll try and give you my view on it. Oh, um, what's on that board, me? Um, definitely Redemption Island board the shit out of me. Oh, with Boston Rob winning? Yeah. Not, not, not him winning, but just, mm. like, the lead up to it. It was just, like, they, you know what I mean? Like, I thought Zapatero was so, like, they had so much going on, especially with, like, like Ste the like Stephanie being like the anti like you know anti everyone there and she was willing to flip mm. and all that kind of stuff but then like it just they kind of shot themselves in the foot by like throwing a challenge and then it just went downhill from there and then yeah. like it, they got in and they got picked off one by one and then and then the over Tevis got picked off one by one as after that as well so it was just like ugh, like boring <laughs> you know because we know it's happening <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that's an extreme example of boring right but yeah i guess from my point of view because daniel if you were watching that season i guess edgic was heavily pointing towards a rob win yeah like i think the first two episodes mm. it was uh i think like mike cheesel or something and then because uh, like the first two episodes, Boston Rob is a little bit quieter than normal. Yeah. But yeah, and yeah, like then he just goes on this huge streak of being the mm. most prominent character of every episode, and always talking about strategy and always portrayed positively. And it's yeah. like, well, w w what else? Like no one has, no one else has anything even resembling a, a good edit. Yeah. So and so with myself watching it, not thinking about Edgy specifically, but obviously noticing how Boston Rob centralized it is you know there's always going to be that little doubt in my mind thinking what, the rug's going to get pulled out underneath him at some point like, i wasn't convinced pretty much until the final challenge that he was winning even though it seemed so obvious that he was because you know it seemed so obvious before i mean all stars i thought he was going to win um heroes versus villains i thought poverty was going to win so, I guess there's the there's always that little bit of doubt that the favourite's not going to win and it's going to be a letdown in that regard that someone who didn't dominate wins. But just yeah, yeah. just that that's just the way I view it anyway. I mean, a, to take a oh, for an example, uh, like if you look at Edge of Extinction. Because um, that has a very unconventional "quote unquote" winner's edit, mm. right? <laughs> so for most of the season, it's seemingly portraying a Rick Evans win. It's like he is—he's winning. Yeah, he's yeah. rolling to the end. That's right. He's gonna do the, the, the Ben and get the idols and the, the challenges. Yep. And then you really get the big curveball at the end that it's—it's it's this guy out of nowhere, Chris. Yeah. Um, and so Edgic, like, what I like about Edgic. Mm. Isn't so much that it allows me to figure out what's happening, but uh, it's it's like 
it's like a game almost where like the the edit the editors are trying to like drop these clues and paint, paint the story mm. and for me it's it's fun to try and like read all of the pot potential interpretations yeah i mean for winners at war i didn't think tony was uh, like i thought he was good yeah. But I always thought that Sophie was better. I always thought that, like, other people had a chance and Tony was kind of just in the mix, yeah. but not really, like, a major character. And then it's only once, like, Sophie goes and Tony's edit really skyrockets into this mm. major controller of the game yeah. that it's like, okay, like, this guy has the real chance to win. And even if that's true, and even if it's not true, it doesn't lessen my enjoyment of seeing it happen sure. because it's so unlikely. Like, yeah. it's Tony. Yeah, Tony. I mean, fun fact: like T Tony was a huge, uh, like out of nowhere winner edgically in his first season because mm -hmm. there's never been anyone like him. Yeah. Uh, like for you know, Spencer was the big obvious winner, mm -hmm. and so you watch the whole season dreading this, like, oh, Spencer's gonna just <laughs> do it. Like, there's no real opposition here, edgic wise. Yeah. And then he gets voted out, and it's like, oh, uh, I guess woo. <laughs> woo? Like Wu yeah. has the, an okay edit, I guess. It'd yeah. be kind of Fabio esque, kind of Bob esque. Yeah, and see, uh, and see, sometimes that's where Edgic can kind of lead you astray, right? And um, exactly, which is why I don't see it like lessening my enjoyment of a season's outcome. Because yeah. to me, because Edgic is is fallible. Yeah, you know, it it it's still very enjoyable, and it makes it it makes the out of nowhere results even more satisfying. Okay. Like a Tony, the Tony win was a fucking explosion yeah. of what the hell does this mean? Like, how could this have happened? Why didn't we see it coming? Yeah. Like, there's never been anyone like him, and there likely won't be anyone like him again. Yeah. It's it's just this crazy intense combination of like a character and a strategy working out in a season full of characters that like all could have had a shot, like Trish. Had a decent enough edit. Spencer had a decent enough edit, and like then Wu wins final immunity, and you're like, okay, Wu wins immunity, <laughs> takes cast. That's the story. Now we get it. And Tony is like the Rob Sestanino, where you made it so far, but you're not sure. Yeah. And like it all, it, it all fits together now. Yeah. And then he picks Tony to go with him. <laughs> like it's 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 insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, yeah. I was thinking so, back yeah, to that Rick, that Rick Devons on Edge of Extinction. Yeah, because that was like kind of an amazing final oh. episode in terms of how everything went down. But then, yeah, when you reflect on the whole season, it's so unsatisfying. But at the time, you're like, whoa, amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I think we missed it. But like the Jeremy and Nick kind of staring each other down. Yeah. In this challenge is hilarious. <laughs> there are so many memes of like that back and forth. Just Jeremy looking, just staring daggers, and Nick just has this mischievous grin on his face. It's great. <laughs> Did you see many of those? No, I haven't. I'll go grab some for you. They're really good. Every time I see this challenge, all I can think of is like poverty, just like one foot on it, just like oh. looking at her nails while like <laughs> everyone else just struggles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh just posted in the chat that's, that's the meme and like you just put the text on the on the poll so like Jer so jeremy's text will be like you know mean the, the cookie tin is empty and nick will be like 
my three-year-old standing nearby. Oh my goodness. Uh, so good. I'd like to see... Um, and I, I guess I could do it, but... I'd like to see the research behind winning the first merge challenge and winning the game. Like, what's the percentage of, you know, being able to do both? I don't would, think it'd be that high. Yeah, it would be low, wouldn't it? Because, like, more often than not, the person who wins the first challenge is a big challenge threat. Yeah. And so in pretty much the first 30 seasons, that's the kind of person that's taken out very early. Yeah. <laughs> And so it'd have to be a really weird scenario where, like, the person who won the first immunity wasn't, like, not a threat and continued to not be a threat or was just so in control that it didn't matter. Yeah. It's crazy that Tony was on the streak this season. Uh, the immunities? The immunity streak, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, considering his general performance in the first season. Yeah. Uh, but also, in, in this scene here... I, I, you can visibly see Tony like trying as hard as he can to actively listen to them. Yeah. Like he's just he's got his like hands together. He's like his eyes are just bugging out of his skull, and he is very intently staring and listening at the people. And you can tell he's like, I have to, I have to listen. I have to not talk. I have to listen. <laughs> it's, uh, very impressive. <laughs> uh, Nick creeping up on people. <laughs> Creepy Nick. <laughs> they edit the scene so well. <laughs> just... It's funny to think as well, like, if he... If the Davis didn't have the medivac to begin with, he was, like, on the chopping block to go first. Yeah. Because they all found him so lazy. <laughs> I'm fascinated by this, uh, Tartan bandana that Wendell's got. I feel like it's come out of nowhere. Doesn't that happen like a few times throughout the years? Like doesn't uh, Colby get like this big woolly hat in the last few ep in like two episodes of uh, <laughs> Australia and then it disappears and it's never seen again? What? What hat? Uh, there's a, uh, you, do you know the funny 115? Yeah. I, I, yeah, a, I know all that, a, yeah. There's a whole entry of like how Colby just gets this big weird hat for three episodes. Yeah, it's it's just like a, a weird thing throughout Survivor where sometimes people just have clothes. But I feel like, you know, in the early episodes, didn't they have like an entire wardrobe with them? Maybe not an entire wardrobe, but like they definitely had a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, they definitely had changes of clothes to an extent. And that's the thing on the Australian one, a lot, where they just have a heaps of clothes. Yeah. It's like, so the group one where the hottest crops there. I know. I know. But when did they regularly start just marooning them with the clothes on their back and maybe a change of, uh, like, maybe like a swimsuit with them as well? When did they start doing that regularly? I think I think season seven was the first time they did it, but mm. regularly, uh, and I don't know, I don't know if it was ever like really the clothes on their back. Mm. Uh, it was like, cause you know, the editors choose, or the producers choose what clothes they get. Yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, it's hard to say, like, because it's, you know, it's very manufactured in that sense. Keep letting people like Adam skate around. Yeah. Like that's when they, he bites you in the ass. If you're Here's just his more Jeremy Nick memes. You can enjoy them. I need to turn my dis Discord uh, notification sounds off. Yeah, Our <laughs> <laughs> podcast is going to be littered with them. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think of like? I mean, talking about the episode for a second. What do you guys hmm. think of the the strategy here, where like Jeremy is really trying to save Wendell, and then everyone else kind of uh, coalesces around Wendell uh, against hmm. Wendell. That's not the word, but you so, yeah. So Jeremy's got the immunity, and he thinks he can push for Wendell to stay, right? Yeah. And and him pushing for Wendell to stay only makes everyone more squicked out by the two yeah. of them existing together. It's very, it's very anti-Jeremy, isn't it? He's not usually like this. Normally, he has like a lot of control. Yeah. So it's it's funny seeing all of these controlling winners really struggling. Not mm. having control, yeah, and that's something Tony really excels at this season. Yeah, is that where Jeremy and Tyson and Boston Rob were all just these dominant winners? Mm. Uh, even Kim, to an extent, very dominant winner. Yeah, like they put on the back foot and they're like, okay, I can just like they they have to like learn to flow with it. Whereas yeah. Tony is down with it from the get go. Yeah, yeah, Kim struggled was... at the start with not having control. Mm. Yeah. I wonder how much of that was Tony's, like, Game Changers reflection. Where he's like, man, that, that didn't go well. I've got to do a, a real 180 here. Yeah, and I think he's... Like, he kind of mentions it during the show where he's like, you know, I've kept my head down long enough, now it's time to play. He does that in a few episodes' time, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I think he realized he needs to get to a certain point. So he needs to just make it like he's not a, he's not doing anything uh, to make people nervous. And then he gets to a certain point where he's like, "Okay, I'm set up now. Now I can uh, now I can make some crazy moves." And you know, it's the whole um, the whole um, you know beg for forgiveness rather than ask for permission sort of stuff exactly and that's i think tony articulates almost exactly that mm. uh later in the season it's just it's it's really impressive how just how well he manages to pull that off because it shouldn't be yeah. possible no. yet. now uh spoilers <laughs> we're obviously going to see someone depart tonight and we've also got to decide who is playing them in our movie. So that person is who? Does anyone know? Uh, it's Wendell, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get Wendell to play him. No, you know what I mean. Like, he's leaving. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that last meme is spot on, Daniel. <laughs> Everybody, Jeff, Jeff loves that meme. <laughs> Uh, well, I think these we, memes are, sure, are very, very enjoyable mm, for the audience. I think we <laughs> mentioned in our initial podcast, Will, who we wanted, who we thought the perfect uh, actor for Wendell is, didn't we? 
Yeah, if it's an Donald Glover. Yes. Daniel, do you concur? That, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> okay, done. <laughs> so Denise, <laughs> he's got the look. You know, got the, they've got the dude. I mean, it's uncanny how much he looks like him, right? Uh, I don't think he looks insanely similar, but like I think it's you know really? the same, same enough, like similar enough build and general face looks, shape. They look very similar. Like, I know. Like if you give Wendell a nice clean shave, and I guess depending on what role Donald Glover's in, give him a different haircut. I mean, Wendell doesn't uh, doesn't need the shave because uh, Donald Glover is rocking the beard these days. Oh, is he? Okay. Well, there you go. There is a picture of Donald Glover. Okay. Yeah, not quite the same beard though. It's very thick. Sure, but you know, there's ways to uh, change that. <laughs> Hair and makeup's a thing. <laughs> but I see what you mean. Total, total tangent. But one of the worst beards I've ever seen of all time was on America's Next Top Model, when one of the seasons where they had men. <laughs> And they did a beard weave where yeah. they essentially just like glued a beard to someone. And it is the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen that episode. So bad. It's hilariously bad. Here is. Here it is. <laughs> oh. I thought so. We, like worst case scenario, we can do that. Is that actually? Is that a? Would you call that a weave though, or is it just a beard glued on? I think it's just a beard glued on, but they called it a weave. Oh my god! Uh, here wow. is the the weaving quote unquote process. What was the purpose of this? Because uh, they had to do makeovers, and I think Tyra was just like, you know what we can do? We can give someone a beard. We should, we should we should do a, a, a season of America's Next Top Model podcast just for Joel. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that would, be, that would genuinely be good. That's a whole new experience you haven't you haven't had yet. We, we needed to do a video like... version of this podcast for the amount of memes that Daniel sent through to me. <laughs> you just post them on the Facebook page and be like, for those looking, here are the things. Um... You actually, you, we should watch the first season of American Model because I've shown that to like other people who don't care for reality television in general. But the first season is very good, specifically because of one character who just undermines the entire concept of the show, and she's hilarious. <laughs> like, I watched America's Next Top Model up to season eight or nine, I think it was. Mm. The last one I watched was when they came to Australia for their thing, and. I really wanted the Russian girl to win, but she came second. Oh, <laughs> some um, people have war in their countries. Yeah, yeah. Some people have war in their country. Yeah. <laughs> that girl was freaking out. Yeah. And then after that, I just completely stopped watching. I, I didn't watch like the next twenty seasons that came after it. Oh, there's there's a lot of good, but there's a lot of bad. <laughs> but um, 
uh, spoilers for the first season, there's this contestant who lasts very like a very long time, and she's just this like atheist, like pro, like very into science. She wants to be a doctor, but she's like, well, I could probably do modeling because I have the you know face and body for it. And she often talks about how like easy it is when the entire premise of the show is like modeling is not just standing around looking pretty. And she's just like, I get it, I can do it though, and it's easy. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Waiting for the Survivor X America's X Top model crossover. Oh my oh. goodness. <laughs> Did it? Well, I, I don't think you watched it, Will, because you, you don't watch The Amazing Race at all, do you? I've watched, like, some of the old seasons. I've watched oh. none of the, like, I haven't watched it in years and years and years, though. Oh. Daniel, do you watch The Amazing Race? I watched the first four seasons. Okay. I, I watched until the season with Boston Robin Amber in it, and then I stopped. Mm. So none of um, you saw the uh, the recent. I think it was the most recent one where they had. I did watch the one with Survivor in it. I, I watched the first four episodes, and then I was sad. <laughs> okay. Why were you sad? Because uh, like all the Survivor teams left. Oh, I thought one of them went pretty far. I think Brett and Chris go yeah. like. Maybe a little short of halfway. Okay. But they also weren't very good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a good season, actually. Um, I, I read about uh, I the team the that won, thing. and I was hmm. super on board with them. They were like the one non-survivor team that I cared about. Yeah. Because there was one of the seasons that I actually watched. Yeah, I'd, I'd watched their original season from back in the day, so, so it was oh, cool, bye, to, cool to see them do well and win. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Especially considering how much of a train wreck they were yeah. back in the day. Yeah, and if you so, watched the yeah, uh, if you watched the final episode of that uh, of that season, you'd be uh, you'd have Seven Nation Army stuck in your head for days. Huh? So it was one of the challenges was putting together a drum kit while there was a I think it was a heap of bands playing Seven Nation Army. <laughs> on repeat reaction after listening to the song anytime it's just it's stuck in your head for days yeah <laughs> uh, so we've you know talked virtually about maybe 5% of this episode <laughs> we, we got the beat that mattered we talked a bit about Tony we talked a bit about leaving and, yeah. you know. well it's kind of an air episode in terms of merge boot I mean I don't think anyone was super attached to Wendell. Poverty yeah. was happy. You could see how they were Yes. <laughs> I was glad that Wendell left here, but it's also like <laughs> all, all of the Michelle Wendell stuff just was extra pointless. Yeah. I'm captive right now, but I'm finding a way to escape this wretched prison that they call it. I mean, like, I think this episode was good for comedy. You know, you've got Nick and Jeremy at the challenge. You've got Nick creeping up on people. Mm. You've got like, just general, general good vibes. Tyson winning the challenge. Yeah. See, Wendell's on the edge of extinction. Now's the perfect time to wear your tartan bloody bandana <laughs> instead of, you know, your Merge Tribe buff. I think, is, I think he's wearing it underneath. Is he? But maybe that's just his hair, where it's like, it looks weirdly padded. He does have a lot of hair. He does. Okay. That was the Merge episode. And... Woo! Yep, something happened. Wendell got voted out. <laughs> Content was consumed. Yes. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? 
Um, it was an okay merge. Like the merge is one of those things where it's either mm. like like explosive or it's mm. just like it just dies. And I think this one just died. Do you think Survivor yeah. editors are getting uh what's the, what's the right way to describe them but too flashy i guess i don't know but most of the season I, you really have no idea about the strategy do you do they i want to know if they have two separate because like they seem to really nail a pre-merge yeah but when the merge hits it they just it just flatlines or every single time like, I can think of the last 10 seasons, so many dynamic pre-mergers. Yeah. And then once the merge hit, it just, it's just like, it's just one track. Yeah. I have theories about this. Yeah. Um, so my, my big takeaway is that I think it's purely an air I think in the pre-merge, you've got developing relationships, mm-hmm. which are easy to go. You've got like, it's very kind of rigid strategy where it's, it's often just a majority versus a minority. And then there's like a couple of kinks in the wheels. Yeah. Um, 40 minutes is fine for that. But when you get to the merge, especially in recent seasons where the level of play is so high and then double, especially for this season with Winners at War, yeah. it's, it's so chaotic. Like yeah. there is too much going on to accurately show what is happening mm. in the 24 hour period of, of, however long it is, or, you know, 72 in some episodes. Mm. So I, I genuinely think that they, if, if they had like 90 minute episodes, so like 60 minutes of actual content, yeah. I think it would be a lot smoother because yeah. we'd be able to see through lines. We'd be able to see more character development. We'd be able to see which people are actually vibing with each other yeah. and maybe a couple more conventionals explaining people's feelings about other people. But as it stands, it's just this, you know, sprint of just like, okay, this happened, then this happened, then this happened people talking about why they did that and then vote yeah. and there's just no time to explain what's going on yeah and it's you know, it's it's a, a good sign for like the game being this fluid dynamic interesting intricate complex geopolitical fucking <laughs> quagmire of, of intrigue and then you know you, you have to boil it down to like 15 minutes once you take out the challenges and try to count is it becoming just a case that they've got too many people particularly in a merge that's another that's a yeah that's another part of it like yeah. the mergers are too big there's too many conflicting alliances yeah. like it's it's functionally random you know yeah. to the audience yeah. like you it don't is. know who's with each other you don't know which relationships are going to you know be the important relationships yep. until later in the season yeah. so yeah like it's it's a big big issue and it's something they really need to address I think like fans have been cool for ninety minute episodes for a long time, but it's entirely up to CBS. I think Probst has said like we would love ninety minute episodes, but you know we got to get the network on board. Yeah, yeah. It, I know people are call for more online sort of episodes as well, more content like on CBS All Access or whatever. Oh yeah, that'd be good too. Yeah, so you know, I mean that's why I've been making the uh, like the compilation versions of the episodes that have the secret scenes and a couple of extra mm. confessional. Yeah, so it'd be interesting if they ever go down the path of, you know, the director's cut or special edition or whatever episode. I would pay scene mm. money for a director's cut of Winners of War. Yeah. <laughs> Are you listening, probes? <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the intro included, every episode. Every episode. Every episode. Minus the Winners like, at War song. <laughs> Yeah, let's get rid of that. Let's ditch that. 
Speaking, yeah. it was fine what? for like two episodes. Yeah. Well, now I'm confused. They gave us the uh, intro right at the end of the season. They gave it to us online, like on mm. Twitter or Instagram or wherever they put it. Why didn't they just? Why didn't they use that Winners of War song on it? I think the fans would have read. <laughs> <laughs> it was the perfect opportunity to just like dump it on there and go here's your intro you ingrateful bastards <laughs> and put, put the winners of war song on it <laughs> 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 oh my goodness uh, any final thoughts I've already asked that but yeah any more thoughts final final thoughts final final thoughts no, it was a bit quiet this episode because I was actually watching it because I, I I didn't watch the merge episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a lot of these episodes, but like yeah, I haven't. Yeah. Okay then. Well, we shall wrap it up and call it a night and and look forward to episode nine next week. Sounds good. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, me. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, me. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>